Eye on the Illini, the podcast series brought to you by IlliniGuys.com. And we've got a really special guest tonight. Anybody who knows anything about Illinois football is going to know this name. And um, Illini guy Larry here, Illini guy Mike. And um, we've been looking forward to this here for, for a couple of weeks since we first reached out to him. And uh, joining us here on the podcast, he is uh, a rarity, um, four-time All-Big Ten performer for the fighting Illini. Let that sink in for a moment. Uh, number 12 in your hearts. Uh, number, <laughs> number one on this podcast, uh, none other than Craig Swoop. Craig, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. How's that for an introduction? Did, did I call you out? <laughs> yeah, you did. Great job. I've never been introduced like that. What well, introduction. <laughs> and we tried, we really did try to research and figure out how many people have been four-time All-Big Ten? We're still doing the research. Um, we can't imagine very many people are four-time All-Big Ten football players. What an accomplishment. And when you, you know, signed that letter to come to the University of Illinois, did it occur to you that you would be a four-time All-Conference player in the illustrious Big Ten Conference? <laughs> not at all but uh my only wish was to just be on the team you know uh try to play some role hopefully get in a little playing time as a freshman learn the ropes uh they said i had a might be a possibility of me of playing if i you know if i played uh up to my capabilities and things fell into place uh it might could happen you know they had i had a chance but i never knew uh anything like that i didn't i didn't think it would be like that um it was great um to come in and for them to believe in me. Uh, I really appreciated that. And though, uh, but never, I know, never thought of my wildest dream I'd come in and uh, be four years all Big Ten. No, I never thought of that. No. Yeah, that's, you know, Mike brings up a good point because these days, I think if, if, if there's a kid that's a two time all conference, he's gone after year three. So right. that's a distinction that it will be very, very rare uh, as we move forward. And certainly uh, in these past recent years, I've always wanted to ask you, how does a young man, talented athlete um, from Westwood High School in Fort Pierce, which has produced a number of fantastic athletes um, over, the, over the years, how does, how does a kid like that wind up in Champaign playing for the Illini? Take us back to when you were in high school and, and the decision to come play for Illinois. Oh, it was, it was a wild drink of my, my wish as a kid. I always wanted to play for Michigan. That was wild. Um, and I remember watching Michigan and uh, Illinois play in 81, I think there was, and Illinois was beating Michigan 28-7, uh, to 7, I think, at halftime. And Michigan came back and beat Illinois like 72-28, I think, or something like that. And was a wild raising. I said, man, I'd never go to that school. But when I uh, took my visit and I went to uh, went to Michigan, I didn't like Bo Schembechler. He wasn't what I thought he was. When I went there on my recruiting trip, I was kind of turned off by him. And uh, Mike White was a great salesman. And actually, in actuality, they were the only team really uh, gave me a chance to start. I, uh, having a chance to start my freshman year, most schools told me I would have the red shirt or sit behind and play behind somewhere else. Um, Ohio State, I was considered Miami uh, and Michigan. They all told me I would have to play behind someone else. Illinois was the only school that really offered me a chance. I had a chance if I proved myself that I could play my freshman year. And uh, fortunately, it happened. And so I chose Illinois because uh, of Mike White and the chance that I, uh, I had a chance to play. And I always wanted to travel 
um, as a kid, and I never did that, did too much traveling as a kid. My parents from Mississippi, only place we went back to Mississippi to, to my parents' hometown. So as a kid, I always wanted to get out and see other places. And I said, you know, uh, I'm gonna leave uh, Florida to go to college. And so I wanted to go somewhere different. And everyone said, well, you're going to the cold, it's cold. <laughs> I, said, I know, I know I'm from Florida. We play at night and it's 80 degrees. We play at nighttime in the summer, you know, during school year. And it's gonna be different. I say, well, you know, I'll adjust, but what an adjustment. But, you know, I, I'm glad I wouldn't choose it any other way. If I had to do it all over again, I'm glad I made that decision and I made the right decision because we even beat Michigan for the Big Ten chapter. So I got a little bit of payback. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay, I've got a couple of questions that come out of that. Number one, I have to ask, what was it about Bo Schembechler that, that turned you off? His arrogance, I think it was. Because always though he had those who stay will be champions. And he was just, I mean, it was such a, he was kind of arrogant to me. I just didn't like, it, I, it was just something that turned me off. And uh, it, it kind of hurt because I told Anthony, the guy that showed me around on my recruiting trip was Anthony Carter. And we played against each other in high school because he went to Suncoast in Rivera Beach in Florida. Right. So we played against each other. And I told him, I said, man, I've been wanting to come to Michigan. I'm coming back. And then when I told him I wasn't coming back, he was kind of disappointed. I'm like, man, Bo, I just didn't, I wasn't feeling Bo. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the, the second thing, you're, you're exactly right, considering that, your family's from Mississippi and you grew up in South Florida. You're right. And even in November, it's still, you know, thick, uh, especially at Fort Pierce all along the coast. You know, uh, that's right. You know, uh, Port St. Lucie, all those. Right. Yes, uh, indeed. You and I have talked. I spent some little bit of time down there uh, in, during my career down at West Palm Beach. Um, what was that like when you got into November, your freshman year? Uh, at, in the Big Ten, and you experienced that kind of weather trying to go out and play on Saturday afternoons. Oh, I, I remember in practice one time, it was cold, it was raining, it was like sleet, it was raining and freezing, and I was in practice, and I was standing there, and we were, we were running play with scrimmage, and I was just standing there, and Coach Solly, the defensive back coach, went to yelling and screaming at me, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm cold, I can't <laughs> I'm so cold, and then the next day, they had me in so much clothing, then I couldn't hardly move. <laughs> I had to take off some of the gear so I can move. And then I finally got enough clothing on. I took off, I had about, got down to about two or three layers. That was good enough for me to move. You didn't learn the tricks there, Craig. <laughs> Growing up in Muhammad, we used to have this one defensive tackle. He was large because his nickname was Orca. Uh -huh. Anytime we had a windy, sleety day, in practice, if I was sitting out or wasn't doing something, I'd stand between him and the wind. <laughs> and it was the greatest thing I ever saw because he could shelter me. Yeah, man. It was some, that was about the roughest thing. Uh, playing against the competition was pretty tough, but that weather, that was probably my biggest challenge. And by the time I was a senior junior, I was playing in short sleeves. <laughs> so, so let, let me ask you a question because you, you were a freshman and you guys got to a bowl – against Alabama. Yeah. What was it like knowing that it was Bear Bryant's last game? Did that I mean I know you're young. Did that did you did you have any idea how big that was that that you would be there for that? I had a kind of idea how big it was cuz it was Bear Bryant. It was coach Bryant and he was bigger than life. I mean the yep. security he had around him when we played or did a function together. I mean a state trooper that would be around him and 
Nobody around Coach White. <laughs> but I mean, you just knew, you know, he was a legend um, at his own. And, uh, you know, so much respect for him. Um, we knew what we was playing, what we was facing, you know. And it was a, it was an honor to play against him. And we wanted to beat him. We played a, played a great game. And I think that kind of propelled us into that next year because that game kind of gave us a real taste of big-time college football and the physicality because we saw them in different settings, uh, we, we were together, how big their necks was, and you know, they, you know, they're lifting weights and they're training. And, and when we played them, we felt it. But it was a great game. And so we used that. We felt like that's what we needed to be more physical, to get stronger. Uh, and, and that would help us uh, that following year. We won the Big Ten championship that next year after playing them in the Liberty Bowl. I think that helped us that next year because of the, the game we played. We was right there with a the top 10. Uh, SEC school, they were very physical. And we played right, you know, we was right there with them. And so that kind of helped us out that next year. I think that really helped us out. Yeah, that 1982 Liberty Bowl down in, uh, in Memphis. Memphis. And as you said, I, I believe that was Tony Easton's. Right. Yeah, Tony, Is that correct? Yeah, right, yeah. correct? Yeah. So the next year you bring in the new quarterback, Jack Trudeau. Um, what was that like that offseason? Because you, as you said, you come into this, you're playing for an Illinois program that has not had a lot of success um b- before Mike White got there but but there's a everyone knows about the offense but it's a defense coming through what was there a point in the preseason or even during the season you mentioned the Michigan game of course and and that was huge uh the, you know the sold out crowd stands were rocking national tv was there was there a point in the season when you felt that this this was different this was even this was much better than last year and you really had a chance to be a top five team or, or, you know, compete for a national championship? Well, I know one game uh, we recall as a team, we remember we lost that first game that year to Missouri. Yep. Uh, in Missouri. And then we came back and we played Stanford. It was kind of a back and forth game. And I think it was uh, Joe Miles or somebody blocked a punt or something in that game. And we ended up scoring the game and beating Stanford. And we kind of found that was the, I think that game helped us score. We found a way to win. And from that point on, we didn't know – we kind of had this confidence. We didn't know what was going to win by, what the score was going to be, but we figured we would find a way to win the game. Every game we found different ways to win, and that Stanford game helped because we was playing kind of sluggish, and uh, it was just kind of a dull game. And then Joe blocked the punt. I think Joe Miles blocked the punt, and we scored. And that kind of propelled because that game was kind of tough going in the end. And we pulled it out, and from that point on, uh, we won the next nine. After that, we we went through the, the Big Ten, started that season, um, and uh, it, it it got rolling. It got going pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in fact, is um, I know Mike had talked with you before that you know nine and zero. That's the first time that anyone's beaten every single opponent, and I believe still the last time because a few years later, Penn State comes in, and with the expansion. You don't play all the teams. And so, you know, I mean, how special is that? Not just to win the Big Ten, but to be the, the first team to beat every other Big Ten opponent in football. Uh, it's a great feeling. I still uh, wear it on my sleeve. I'm proud. That's something I'm very proud of. I tell my kids, uh, I have a grandkid now, grandson of 16. He's going to uh, Central here in uh, Champaign. He's going to Central High School. And I tell him about it. I say that's something I cherish. Um, I haven't won no. I haven't never won a national championship. Then we're the state champ in high school, but that Big Ten championship means something because the way we did it. Nobody else could ever do that or say they did that. So that's some. 
I'm very proud to the day I leave this earth. I, 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 one of my greatest accomplishments is, is as a player and as a team was that uh, Big Ten championship. See, that, that, that season was far best my greatest and greatest accomplishment. <laughs> well, what, a, what a fall. You know, that, that fall of 83 with three, three um, victories over top 10 teams at home with, you know, Iowa, Michigan, Ohio State. What was what was that like when you when you had a chance to I mean, the people forget, you know, you look at that Iowa score, you guys pounded them into the dirt. Right. We beat them 33 nothing and uh, had a goal line stand at the end of that game to shut them out. And uh, that's something we owed them from the year before we had uh, it was a pretty close game by freshman. That was all of them. We owed in Michigan. I feel like we, you know, the Ohio State. We owed them that. And because uh, the year before we had Michigan beat. We're down on the goal line, first and 10, first and goal, and we couldn't get it in and four down. You know, the white belly got stopped. Um, the Ohio State game, you know, it was close. And so we always was close, but never quite over the hump. And that year, you know, a lot of guys, uh, we kind of wanted to see a lot of guys. You know, there was David Boatwright on the team with a senior, uh, Mike Weingrad, a lot of guys, Ed Brady, those guys, they want, we wanted it for them because they've been there. They were so close years before. And uh, they really helped them get over the hump to beat them, for them to be able to beat Michigan and Ohio State in Iowa. We, we, we feel like uh, that was something. We started a trend that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tradition now. It's a dogfight. It's not just Illinois and Michigan or Illinois and Ohio State. It's a rivalry. It became a rivalry. It really felt like it was a rivalry every game, every time we played. Hey, Mike, I still have my, um, uh, my orange and blue striped Illini shirt with the Rose Bowl decal on it. Uh, I, I can't doesn't fit anymore, but I still have it. Do you have anything still from that from that year? You remember um, Abelia? I tell you, I you know we for the longest time. I think it's still my mom's mom and dad's place, but I think they have one of those chief uh, and with the schedule uh, bottles of Pepsi. Maybe I think they still have one of those, but I don't think I'm cracking that one open to take a sip of that. Not after. <laughs> 35 years. Yeah, I have a Coke. Uh, I have a Coke uh, from there, from the Rose Bowl. I have a seat. I still have my uh, Rose Bowl blazer. I oh, that's have, great. Yeah, I uh, have that. And as you can see, yep. my hat. <laughs> it's an old hat. It's still hanging in there that I love and cherish. But uh, I have a few things left from that, that Rose Bowl that I keep. Yeah, that was a huge, huge party. We literally had... Like uh, my best friend, he had a big basement so they could banish all the all of us high school football players down in the basement. <laughs> and then the adults could be upstairs. And so we had massive vats of chili and we got together to watch the UCLA game and things went awry. <laughs> I, still, I still remember that game, guys, starting out and Illinois 10 and 1. UCLA six four and one like oh we got this we got this we got this I got my shirt on I got I I got my I got my Coke I got my my Coca Cola I got my chips out and then Craig what happened <laughs> Oh man I um uh, I, I still feel bad about that my my uh, my wife Angie um uh, has her screensaver has a picture of me uh, when I first picked that ball up and I'm pointing. She'd say, that's a great picture, honey. I'd say, but sweetie, 
<laughs> don't realize what happened after that. That was the worst play, the worst moment in my life. <laughs> that's the worst moment in my life. I'm like, but she said, but I love the picture. I said, but sweet, that's the worst picture in my life. Well, you don't know what happened after that morning, after that picture, you took that nice picture, what happened? She said, I, I, she, she said, I was there, I remember. I said, yeah, you remember I fumbled the ball. She said, yeah, but you know, Mike made me feel great the other day. Mike, you really made me feel good. You said it was at the beginning of the game. We still had a lot of game left. So yeah, I don't feel as bad, but I, I, that's the worst play. I felt so bad because I felt like I let him down. Um, I just feel like if that wouldn't have happened, what, how the game might, if it, you know, what might have happened, what could have happened. I just, if I hadn't done that, I felt not bad for me. I felt so bad for my teammates, uh, my friends um, on the team. I felt so bad because I kind of felt like I let them down, and I never ever wanted to do that. Um, and they told me, I, they've told me I, I didn't let them down because you know I helped get them there. They felt I was a big part of getting them there, but I, I still feel in my heart that I kind of some way let them down, and I kind of take that. I took that on, you know. I take well, that. That's on me. <laughs> I, I still remember sitting there. And we're like, we're like. It's six. It's six. And we're like touched. And then all of a sudden it's like, huh? Uh, and, and everybody just went dead. But I will tell you, the interesting thing is, is the uh, after coaching for years in AAU basketball and all the things that I've been associated with, I still go back to you had 58 minutes left in the game. <laughs> there, I mean, as, as much as that was definitely a rough play, there's no doubt. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not like if you go back to that same rough era, it's not like Jackie Smith dropping that pass in the end zone for the Cowboys with, with a minute and a half left, and there's no time to make it up. Or, or we talked to Bruce Douglas last week, and Bruce talked about that travel play right, right, with yeah. Dickie Beal, you know. Right, right. And, he's, and, and, and even then they had a little bit of time, but not much. Right, right. And as much as this was, you know, I, I do I do tend to agree with you. That play goes well. We probably go up, you know, the line I go up seven to nothing and probably don't ever look back. Right. But the fact of the matter is there was plenty of time, you know, to, to recover. And it was just, it was just, it turned into one of those bad days at the office. It was. I, uh, and we all, after that game, we were kind of all in shock. I, I mean, we all were like looking around like, man, did we play that bad. We couldn't believe we like that. We couldn't believe we played like that. It was kind of shocking. Everyone. It was just kind of shocking uh, locker room after. So we were like, "Wow, man, we just." It was such a letdown, you know. Uh, but it was it was it was such a magic season that it, it was a letdown. But, right. yes. but I, you know, I can tell you from from the people that I know in Central Illinois. If you know, obviously, two thousand one was a great year. When when you go to the Sugar Bowl, you had the two thousand seven team that went to the Rose Bowl. As good as those years were, I've I've never heard anybody compare it to nineteen eighty three. That's kind of the pinnacle. Um, and then when you think about what you guys were building on the football side and what was being built on the basketball side. How much interaction did you guys, as football and basketball players, did you guys have a lot of interaction between the two teams as you guys were building this juggernaut? Oh, yeah, because I was a good friend with Scott Mitz, uh, uh, 
Harp, J. Daniel, uh, D. Um, can't remember D. Last name. Ah. He Maris, yes. I was friends with all those guys. We used to play when in Austin. We always played in Empty because I played high school basketball back then. I used to play against Richard Redford. We went to Michigan and played for Michigan. We used to play against each other in high school. I played against Jay Daniel. I played against Hart. Hart went to North Shore, and uh, we played against each other in high school. So it was great. You know, they was doing well. Effin uh, uh, Winters, uh, George Montgomery, Bruce. Doug Albert, yeah, we, we 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 hung out with those guys and, and we had a thing like, you know, we was doing well in football, we was room for them because we wanted to see them do well. And, and, and that way the whole program, you know, was was uplifting everybody. We was hoping that it affected and it, it carry over to everyone, every sport. Because we, you know, we're all athletes. We all, you know, one family at the University of Illinois. So we want to see everybody do well. And that's what we thought. And we got along great with the basketball players. I mean, there was a lot of great guys, and I got to see a lot of great basketball. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite an era for Illinois athletics. Yeah, and even after with the flying Illinois, Nick and Kendall Gill and Battle. I mean, those guys. Lowell Hamilton, Law was there. My senior year, Law was a great friend of mine. Lowell Hamilton, great guys, great guys, and great basketball. I enjoyed that era so much. The, that eighties, nineties era. Oh, what? Great basketball. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was really special. Yeah, having and as Mike has talked before and other podcasts, just that was a time that we haven't seen really since the 80s, having football and basketball both be consistently in the top 10, top 20. I, I do want to ask you one more question about the Rose Bowl. Um, New Year's Day 84. I've always felt that maybe it was one of those situations where nobody on the program had experienced this kind of success before and you kind of went in and with all the pomp and circumstance and there is i don't know if there's i mean nowadays i mean even the the most minor bowls have all kinds of stuff going on but this is the rose bowl it's a really big deal did you feel that maybe collectively that the guys kind of got caught up in the pageantry of it and and before you before you realize it, because UCLA it's their home turf. I mean, you know, right. it's their, I mean their home stadium. You know, um, <laughs> you know, you're playing on literally playing on their home field. Um, did you feel that kind of played into what happened on the field uh, between the lines? We didn't want to use that as excuse, but we. we uh, I mean, when we first got to uh, California, went to the uh, Playboy Mansion. You have to invite us to the Playboy Mansion. That's the first thing we did. We got there. That's that's um, not distracting at all. <laughs> we was there two weeks. I mean, how many teams? I, we we went out there on the nineteenth. We didn't play till the second, January the second. So most teams, nobody had ever. I don't think had been out there that long. Had ever done that. We stayed one week in Newport Beach, and then the second week we moved to um, uh, New, uh, wherever the Big Ten champion team stayed. We moved to. Uh, I can't remember the name of the place, but we moved there where the Big Ten champions stayed. That next week, we moved to a different hotel. And uh, we was having parties the week of the game. And uh, we we really, I mean, yeah, we, we didn't even have a curfew that first week. Oh. <laughs> the wow. first week we was there, we didn't have curfew. This is revealing. <laughs> yes, I mean, a lot of stuff come out now that I can Some pieces start to come together for me right now. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, I, but me as a player, I would use that as an excuse. But uh, I mean, we enjoyed ourselves. It was our first time. Um, did they go? I don't think. I mean, we enjoyed it as kids. You, you, you had fun. You, you know, you just thought it was great to be in that atmosphere. You just thought 
that was the greatest thing in the world, what was going on and how they was treating us. I mean, man, who, who don't want to be treated like that? Who would want to be treated like that? So we enjoyed it. We stuck to them. Might have took in too much, but I don't want to use that as an excuse. I, I don't know. I well, but I, but I, I think I think what you're saying is is kind of what I've I felt all along, and and we're all now in our you know in our fifties, so we see life differently now. Than we we yeah. all did. We were 19, yeah. 20 years old. Yeah, it's just it's just different. I think that you know I I, I always felt that you know it, it you didn't know how to treat it like a business trip Definitely. because because you never experienced that, right. and the fact that they're for an extra week. You know, right. I mean, you're on top of the world. You guys are playing world beaters. You just, you just wiped, never to wipe out the entire Big Ten. No one had done that. And so I think it's understandable not to use it as an excuse. But if you're out there, you know, like you said, being treated like royalty for two weeks, um, I, I, you know, I would think it's, it's hard to have a bunch of 19, 20, 21 year old young men and to then all of a sudden turn that off and say, no, no, okay, well, hang on, it's a business trip. Right, yeah, because I mean, been you know, thirty days for it, whatever many days it was in between from the last game to that, because we was playing great. I mean, we was playing great football and a great rhythm. Um, and then to be off that long, I'm pretty sure it had some kind of effect. Um, because uh, a lot of I remember some of the guys saying if we would have played them at a normal game, you know, like a week off, like we usually play, I don't think they would have stayed on the field with them. Uh, that's how a lot of guys felt. Um, and so you you can always second guess, but looking back. Um, and and being older and, and, and a little wiser, yeah, you look. That's that that did take away tear. It does, you know. It back looking back on it, because we was out late party and different things, and it has its effect on it. But you know, being nineteen, like you said, twenty one, you look, you don't think it do, but it does. It really does. Looking back, and once I got to the professional level, I see how you need your rest and, and how things matter. You know, it, it it made a difference. It really did. I mean, looking back, I I will say this. I have said this for we're talking 37 years since then that you guys made Rick Neuheisel a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we? Rick Neuheisel today is still cashing in on that. Those three hours. Yeah, I, was right. <laughs> I wow. mean, he keeps popping up and I'm, and I'm like, my son's like, who is that? I go, let me tell you who that is. Let me tell you why he's there. I said, there was one game. It was one game. One game. One game. We made his life change <laughs> well I, I can tell you one thing if i was 19 and out there for two weeks they would have put an apb that i was missing at the playboy mansion <laughs> they'd have to send out a search party so i mean you know the bottom the bottom line is 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 it's amazing when you think of of how focused kids have to be in a relatively mature situation to pull this off uh, <laughs> Because I, I don't think I would have done very well, just just myself. <laughs> it was great, you know. Uh, it was, I'll just say it was wow. <laughs> the wow factor. It was great. I've been young, you, you never, it's the wildest dream. <laughs> um, I, I kind of went back for a moment, but I do want to continue with what Mike was talking about and and you knowing a lot of the basketball players, you guys all hanging out together. And, and Mike mentioned, you know, that, Bruce Douglas was on Eye on the Illini uh, recently and was talking about, again, that the Elite Eight game at Kentucky and the issue with that. Um, did you guys ever spend any time, uh, you and Bruce, or you and some of the basketball players or the basketball players and football players, talking about how the two teams collectively had gotten right there and then suffered in some ways kind of a similar fate there at the peak? Did you guys ever talk about that? No, never really mentioned it. Um, 
I know seeing Bruce around, I guess they never really brought up, you know, the game. I guess they kind of knew, been, you know, playing in sports and, and uh, been in that atmosphere. Uh, they kind of know the things that goes on and, and, and know how things are. So we never really brought those topics up. You know, we kind of just let those go, you know, uh, whatever happened, happened. Uh, we can just, you know, put it behind and, and move on and let's keep trying to, you know, do great and better things. And uh, I think we did a good job of trying to do that, um, to forget it and try to move on because um, it was tough. I mean, after that 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 loss, and, and then the guys, every now and then he would bring up that, you know, they wished and they always hoped that, you know, thing was different. I wish they could have turned out different. Uh, but you know, we always realize that's the way things happen in sports. You know, that will make sports so great. You don't have, you don't know the outcome and you play till there's four zeros at the end of the clock. And uh, in between those zeros and time starting those four zeros, anything can happen in between the lines. So you kind of learn to accept it and deal with it. Yes. What, um, what was Mike White like? Uh, you know, when I think about the history of Illinois football, I would dare say as someone from the outside who spent some time around the program during my years in Champaign, um, that he probably is maybe fair enough to say the most charismatic coach the program's had in the last 50 years. Would that be fair? Yes. Great salesman, uh, great motivator. Uh, I think um, I had a lot of respect for him. Uh, me personally, the way, uh, my relationship with him and the way he treated me, uh, the things I went through and, and some of the situation with my ordeal that I went through, uh, he was right there for me every step of the way, uh, always just, uh, had my best interest at heart. And so I have a very high regard for Coach White. Uh, and uh, I love him as a man and as a coach. That's how I feel about Coach White. I have the greatest respect for him. And uh, I love him dearly as a coach and yes, charismatic he definitely was he he could sell you a, a rock <laughs> he could sell you a pile of dirt man i mean he was a great salesman and my mom and dad was pretty tough in the project in fort pierce and when he came there they loved him uh, my mom they fell in love with you know and, uh, he, he was a great he was a great he was a great salesman and a great coach yeah he had great uh charisma he was he was charismatic he was I don't want to take anything away from John Makovic. I know he had great success following that, but we now have someone in play, and, and I know Mike, we want to talk about this too, and, and Brett Bielema, and it, it feels like it again. You know, I say this, I'm not trying to denigrate the, the hard work of, of, of all the people in the program that have come along um, since those years, but it feels like there, there's an energy now around the program that perhaps hasn't been there since the White and Makovic eras ended um, in in the early '90s, you you mentioned you live in Champaign now. Do you since that as someone who's been a part of this program your whole life and and still remains uh, tied in? I, I I'm starting to feel that I'm starting to feel like there's some you know they might have some special going on over there. I feel like it might be getting that that fighting the line that back again that that mojo we had. Uh, I feel like he's uh, he might he's on the right track for some reason. I think he's doing the right things. Um, I went to the spring game. I was there. I uh, watched about three quarters. Um, but I just like the energy that he has uh, and the things that he's doing, the way he's going about it. Um, 
I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing from other guys. Uh, we got a Marco Polo with, uh, with some other fighting the line nines, a lot of guys, different era. And they're liking it too. They're talking positive. Uh, guys talking about coming back um, to the game, that first game. And so I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I can't wait to get it going. Uh, and I told him if there's anything I can do, I'm here. If you can use me in any way, or if I can be of any service, I'm not doing anything, I'm retired. And uh, I, I'm, I can't wait. I, I'm looking forward to the season. I, I'm back in town, and I can, I'm gonna be at every game. <laughs> we we could have we could the the team could have used the old number twelve the last few years. <laughs> we, we'd have had somebody out there hitting like you did. We'd be that that have been a big assist. I'm broken up from all that hit. I've had uh, back in, uh, some years ago. I've had back surgery, uh, and I've had both hips total replacement. Oh. So uh, I got a lot of titanium in. <laughs> but you know, I still get around. I move pretty good. You know, I get out and walk. You know, five or six miles a day. So I'm still living and getting around. But yeah, uh, I enjoy those days. And the only football I play now is on John Madden on the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> It's a much safer way. To play. <laughs> I usually play with most. I'm a Jacksonville Jaguar, but uh, since Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl last year, I was playing with Tampa since Tampa drafted me. They happen to have Tom Brady. <laughs> and is isn't that where you played? Is there is there a number? Is there a number? You know, uh, I can't remember what number you wore in the pros. I was 41 at Tampa. Okay, and then I was 26 with the Colts. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, in the NFL. What was the what was the highlight there? And I know the injuries obviously cut short the career. Any any big moments that come to to mind when you were in the NFL? Um, to me, as a kid growing up uh, and watching the NFL, my greatest moment was to get was to play against Walter Payton. Okay, great. <laughs> I was great, and you know, I tackled him, and uh, we helped each other up. And he said, "Great job!" And he was just so nice about it. But then he came and ran me over the next play. <laughs> He was, he was so nice, but he was the toughest guy on the, he was the toughest, he's the toughest, that's the toughest player I've ever played against. That would be, if anybody asked who's the toughest player I ever played up against like in any level of sports, Pop Warner, high school, college pro, Walter Payton was a rock. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was tough. I was going to say, what made him, him so, I mean, it seemed the determination, he just was determined one, you weren't going to bring him down, or you were right. going to pay the price if you did. Is that fair? He was so strong for him. He was 5'9", what, 185, maybe a 90 pounds at the most. You would have swore he woke 400 pounds when you tried to tackle him or hit him. He was so determined. And he didn't run out of bounds. And our coach, I remember the defensive back coaching forwards said, do not um, loosen up when you want to get to the side. Make sure you stay tight because he's not running out of bounds. He's coming back. <laughs> and that's when you see if you run towards the sideline, you don't you don't relax. You tighten up because he's coming back to the field. He's not running out of bounds. And so if you loosen up, you might be on the highlight field. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't I don't I don't the, the ones they show now. Of course, he's you know been been you know gone since ninety nine. He left us, but I I haven't seen you on any of the 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 most popular highlight films. And my question is. Did he ever get you with that forearm? You know, he had that stiff arm that if yeah. you're not careful, you might lose a vertebrae. As yeah, that's what he back. got. He made it so bad. This is what I don't understand. He hit me one time with that, and I end up with turf toe. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hit. 
He hit me so hard, my foot was hurt. I injured my foot. I'm like, how did that happen? He ran me over, but my foot, you know, I, I don't I don't understand that till today. Like, that was a terrible event. He was just, oh man, it was great. I mean, and I'm not ashamed to talk about that. Um, because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one he ran over or still up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something for you. When you get hit with the with the you get stiff armed in the neck and yeah. limp away with the toe injury, you know that's a that's a vicious that that's a vicious weapon. He was so vicious running the ball. I mean, you would you, you didn't think a guy that small would beat that man. He he packed a punch. Oof. Now and he now we like, got now we got he Go made ahead. me feel like I was running the ball when I was tackling him. I'm like, I, don't I supposed to make him, you know, don't, don't he supposed to hurt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was that kind of way, but he was great. It was great. That was idol, and I got to put, I think that was my highlight. And the other one was probably playing on the same team with Eric Dickinson. Oh. Uh, playing with the coach and then get to watch him. I think those were probably my two favorite running backs, probably Walter, the first number one, and then Eric. Uh, Eric was great, too. I love watching him run, too. He was he was great to play with. Great guy. Great guy. Great, yeah. great player, but different skill set. And I think because he was, you know, came just after Walter, maybe that's lost a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and uh, uh, I remember Walter them beating them in the playoff that one year when they won the Super Bowl, they beat the Rams with Eric and they shut Eric down. And then I think that's when the great trade rumors started, the nation became. I got here the week after he got to the coach, that trade, and I came from Tampa the week after. And I, and I was there the two years, but we went to the playoff that year and we lost to Cleveland um, in the playoff. So that was great. But just like I say, playing um, against uh, Walter Payton and uh, playing with Eric Dixon, probably my biggest moments in, in the NFL because I always looked up to Walter Payton and watched, you know, uh, always admired him from afar. And then to get to play him, talk with him, shake his hand. For me, even run me over. <laughs> I don't talk, I don't tell that too much. Even I got ran over by Walter Payton. I'm proud to say that. <laughs> and, and now we finally understand that rash of turf toe in the late 70s and early 80s. <laughs> That's right. That's a great, yeah, man. Was, yeah. Well, I tell you, it, this has been a great trip um, down memory lane, Craig. And, and we really appreciate, uh, you know, you taking some time to, to come and talk to us. Is there anything that we didn't ask you about or anything that you want to talk about that we didn't hit before uh, we wrap up? No, just um, know that um, let's, let's uh, get back on that bandwagon. Let's get our mojo back. Let's get going. Let's get back in the stands and let's root our fighting the line now on and let's, uh, let's get this thing cranked back up to, you know, winning again. Let's get some success and, have some, at least have some fun, enjoy yourself. That's all I want the kids to do, you know, and give their all. As long as they're doing that and putting out a good product, you know, good, you know, put giving their all, that's all you can ask for, you know. Whatever happens happen after that, you know, we'll deal with that. But I just want these kids to enjoy themselves, have the fun, and, and enjoy the great experience at a great university, um, and and uh, and enjoy. It's a great time, and it's uh, it's so much fun. So I just hope they get to enjoy it. And, have as much fun as I did. Perfect. You, you look fantastic. Um, <clears throat> it's too bad about the, uh, you know, some of the surgeries because I really do think you can get out there and kind of show these kids a thing or two about how to, <laughs> you know, how to hit somebody. Um, but you know, if I'm, I'm sure that the the coaching staff knows, if not, when we run into them, we'll make sure they know that you're around um, because I think that uh, I have no doubt. I think Mike would agree. Mike would agree that that you'd be very inspirational to go in and. Um, 
and talk to these young players and to connect this era with, with that area, uh, that era, um, because you were um, always a favorite of ours. Like I said, when, when, when Mike told me he reached out to you, I was so excited. I said, man, I, I can't wait to talk to this guy, you know, because I, live, uh, I'm seeing you, I remember watching you on TV or seeing you know, man, that's last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard the name, but I couldn't quite, I'm like, I know he says CNN. I'm like, man, I kind of know because I watch CNN all the time. And I'm like, and then when I see you come off, so yeah, that's them. I'm like, and it's an honor. And I like to say, if there's anything you all got doing, anything I can help you all with, any functions or charity, anything, um, call me. You have my number. You got to know how to get in contact. Anything, man. I'm just here. I'm just trying to help um, do something. I don't have anything to do, but I like to be help uh, do what I can. I did a lot of help. You know, I've worked with the Boys and Girls Club and, and, and different organizations with kids, but I don't mind doing anything. Um, I told my wife once I get squared away right here, and I'm pretty squared away now, that um, I'll find something to do from charity work or find somebody I can do or uh, maybe mentor somebody or do something. i find something to do. Hope somebody can use it. <laughs> well, we, we will definitely be in touch. And by the way, you just made my week. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. It's, it's the same here. It's great to meet you. And, uh, it's an honor, man. It is, uh, you know, I can tell people I know money. Last year, yeah, you see, you're famous to me, you know, and, uh, you know, it's great, man. That's great. And, and thank you so much. And it's nice to meet you, really. Great. My pleasure. I appreciate that. Well, Micah, I mean, Craig has left me speechless. You want to wrap things up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap things up. We're going to go to the non-famous guy. <laughs> We'll let Mr. Anonymous wrap up the show here. <laughs> you put it together, man. You're famous. You, you got us together. Uh, shoot. But um, yeah, so this is this episode of Illini Guys. Uh, we're doing Eye on the Illini. We've had on Craig Swope, a fantastic um, guest. Obviously, we try to do Illini Legends all the time. Um, we've been very fortunate. We've had Marcus Liberty on. We've had Kenny Battle, Bruce Douglas. Obviously, with Craig, he'll help us get connected to a few more of the football uh, legends of the past, and we will find a way to have them on as well. And, of course, we want to finish with the tagline that everybody's used to hearing, but whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, whether you live halfway across the United States or halfway across the world, IlliniGuys.com is the only way to stay in the know. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>